0: Today with Jen Peters, a mom of three and a former nurse in San Diego, California, whose recent resignation on social media went viral. I'm going to read you guys part of that Instagram post, which is is touching. Um, Quote, these shoes were on my feet and this badge was clipped to my chest as I walked into the hospital for my very first shift as a brand new nurse 12 years ago. These shoes were on my feet. This badge was clipped to my chest as I helped a new mom welcome her brand new baby into this world. And Jennifer goes on, but this week, these shoes and this badge were retired, not by choice, but because I refused to get a new vaccine while breastfeeding the baby I suffered four miscarriages and COVID while pregnant to finally have in my arms. Jennifer, what a story, um... You say you're not a victim. You you made a voluntary informed decision to not right. be vaccinated. What informed your decision?
1: You know, I have done a lot of research on both sides of the spectrum. I try to look at things from a very open perspective. I try to gather as much information and data as I can. And then I looked at my individual situation. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm there's a lot going on with my baby right now. Um, We were having some health struggles with her and I had already had COVID while I was pregnant and they were starting to trickle out with a little bit of more information on natural immunity versus vaccinated immunity, which was, you know, a little bit unclear at the time, but it was enough to give me a little bit of pause. And at the end of the day, I said, you know, there's just, we have six months worth of data on this in terms of women who are breastfeeding, And that's not enough. It it may be robust data for these six months, but there's no long-term data to say that this is completely safe and okay. So at at that point in time and at this point in time, I just don't feel comfortable moving forward getting the vaccine while I'm breastfeeding.
0: So you ask your boss, Scripps Health, for a medical exemption, I imagine? Yes, I did. And what do they say?
1: They said no. And I knew that they were going to say no. When they sent out their... um, policy on it or what they were planning to do, they had very specific um, qualifications for the medical exemption, and breastfeeding was not one of them. So I wrote a letter along with my exemption request explaining my specific situation and letting them know that I I didn't want to be out of compliance. Um, I was happy to comply with an alternative, but um, I really didn't feel comfortable getting the vaccination at that time, and I was wondering if they would please grant me an exemption while I was breastfeeding. And the answer was no. And so I I expected that, and here's where we sit.
0: That's unbelievable. Um, when did you have COVID? Because wouldn't you have the natural immunity? for? Because you said you had COVID while you were pregnant. Yes. So yes. you would still have those antibodies, no? You
1: know, you would think. Um, there's a lot of research on both sides of the coin. Some saying yes, some saying no. Um, I'd like to believe so. Um, but, you know, I, I there's still a lot of studies going on right
0: now. Yeah, it's a, it's a new vaccine and you had mm-hmm. a new baby and that's not the direction you wanted to do to head in a, a, at that moment. Do you think it has anything to do with you living in California? Why these decisions oh. were made in a carve out wasn't Uh, Granted, you think it has everything to do with living in California, I take it.
1: Yes, because this rolled out right after um, the California mandate came through in August.
0: Oh, wow. Um, You know, it's interesting. We were talking a little bit earlier offline. Um, I have three kids also. I have a six, a three and a half and an eight and a half month old. And I actually decided to get vaccinated while Mm -hmm. I was breastfeeding because some people in science said, well, the antibodies that you get from vaccination will trans- transmit through the breast milk to your infant, uh-huh. and then the baby has immunity. And I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know. I asked a couple of people. I got different answers, but I consulted mm-hmm. with my doctor, my pediatrician. That's what I did. Um, but that was my choice. Yes. And I don't work for a company that mandates vaccination which is
1: lovely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say the least. So, yes. so so how are your kids doing? What is it like to be I find it so challenging to be a mom of 3. 3 just is like the nail in the coffin. It's just, you know, you you have to play zone. You can't like tag yes. team anymore. You have to play zone.
1: <laughs> yes. 3 is 3 is interesting. Um it's awesome. I love it. I what? when I had my what second, I, love it? immediately after I had him, I turned to my husband and said, "We are not done." Um, little did I know it would be quite some trials and tribulations to get this baby in my arm. I actually did not expect to have this baby in my arm. So I am so incredibly appreciative and man, do I feel a heck of a lot older than I did when I had my second.
0: (laughs) Three is hard. Three is hard. (laughs) So yeah, you know, you did mention that earlier too. You had, so did you have miscarriages before your first or between your first and second?
1: I did. I had one miscarriage between baby number one and baby number two.
0: Okay, and then you had four trying to conceive number three. Yes. Wow. Um, was everything uh, mis? So often, women don't talk about miscarriages for for many reasons. Yeah. Sometimes it's right. early on in the pregnancy, and honestly, I've learned to tell my friends who who do suffer miscarriages, like just I know this is the worst thing in the world right now, but they are so common, and if it's early, just, just breathe a sigh of relief. You know, it's it's when right. it's when it's later on in the process. Oh, I it's it's tormenting for so many families. It's
1: yeah, it's it's hard no matter which way you cut it.
0: And then you have four, which I can't I can't even imagine, one after the other after the other. And yes. then they ask that was, you to be vaccinated. It's really rough. <laughs> You're like, Okay, we did a lot to get to this
1: point. And, yes. yeah, the the funny thing with me is that um I I can get pregnant very easily. i've it's been on the first try pretty much every single time, and I had to I used to kind of laugh and joke, although it wasn't funny that my body would be like, Yes, yes, come on, come on, just just implant, let's get pregnant. We'll figure it all out later. <laughs> and um, so there was some figuring out it had to do clearly with the five miscarriages I've had.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're cut from the same cloth because I get pregnant very easily too, and I don't always hold the baby. Um, that's it's not fun. It's, I'm no, sorry you went through it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, people just don't talk about it. I mean, you know, I, no. Oh God, I can tell stories. Um, yes. And I, I don't think age helps. I'm not young anymore. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. I don't think it helps either. <laughs> um, tell me about your best milk. So this is uh, what it's a private lactation practice that you've started. Um, right. And I'm I'm thinking we started this podcast a few years ago and my very first episode was not how selfish I am. I, I was breastfeeding and it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. People don't really prep you it for is, that. It is. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to yes. do a whole episode about breastfeeding. And it was the worst uh, rated podcast I've ever done. So the first the first and the worst oh, was on breastfeeding. So so help me out now with your breast milk, your company.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I hope I don't take your ratings with this one. Um, OK, so I started your best milk with um, the idea that I wanted to help all Mothers and their babies. That's been my passion. I've done, I've had a number of different roles within the hospital system. I started in the adult ICU. Um, I made my way over to mother baby. I worked as a postpartum nurse. I worked in perinatal education, which essentially I was the lead of um, helping revamp the hospital system's prenatal education. And most recently, I worked as an RN lactation consultant. So my passion really lies in helping moms and babies. Um, And what I was finding when I was working in the hospital was that a lot of women felt so unsupported with their individual situation. What was going on in their lives? What was the best feeding plan for them that was going to help them feel successful and meet their goals? So that's why I created my private practice, Your Best Milk, with the premise being, I will help you find the best milk for you and your baby situation. Is that 100% breast milk? Maybe. Is it 100% formula? For some, it was. And is it a combination of the two? It could be. And is it a combination of the two for a little while to get to the exclusive breastfeeding goal? Yes, that absolutely happens a lot. So I wanted women to know that they could come to me for support and assistance in helping them meet whatever their goals were. Um, I started off as a virtual practice I've been doing it for years, but really, I kind of launched it um, in January of 2020. Interestingly enough, so I was had a, a pretty thriving practice through COVID, and then my baby came, and we were dealing with a lot. So I tabled it for a while, and I had some thoughts. I had some goals. I had started writing like a survival guide. I wanted to get into prenatal education and somehow marry the two. And I had decided that when this mandate rolled through and I knew I was going to lose my job, I was going to spend a couple of months just being a mom. And then in January, I had planned to pick it back up again and figure out how I wanted to serve moms and babies going forward. Um, My thought is more of right now, breastfeeding and breastfeeding support is incredibly reactive, right? Like when you were having breastfeeding problems, you needed help yesterday because it went from okay to bad really quickly. And I want to support women who have who are in their journey, but I think you need to get on the prenatal side of things.
0: I, in couldn't, order to- I couldn't agree more. Hold that thought. Yes. Jen, we're going to have more mommy today right after this. And we're back on We're Momming Today with Jen Peters talking about breastfeeding. And before before you give birth, that, that's key because, I mean, a baby yes. doesn't just latch. And right. <laughs> once you get him or her <laughs> yeah. to, it's like incredibly painful. And then, I, I mean, just, I, you could just go on and on and on. And I just remember, for my, it was better with my second because I was better, but I think the hospital was better too. But I remember with my first, it felt like they just gave me a baby and were like, okay, go. And I'm like, wait, what? I never even thought about that when I was pregnant. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's
1: most babies do not come out having read the breastfeeding memo. So there's a lot of learning involved between mom and baby, and it's really hard to do that learning, especially the extensive learning it takes and kind of the comprehensive understanding of how breastfeeding in your milk supply works. It's really hard to do that when you're sleep deprived, you've got surging hormones, and you don't know what on earth you're doing um, with this new baby. So I really want to get onto the prenatal side and make breastfeeding support more proactive than reactive. Yeah. Um, What that's going to look like. I'm not quite sure, but that is my goal. I don't when I start something, I I will finish it. And (laughs) so I will have that figured out. Just not quite yet.
0: (laughs) What is life like among the Peters children these days? What are your eight and your six year old like, especially with reaction to the baby?
1: Um, You know, it's it's really it's really fun. They. I think you, when you have a large age gap between the kids, that kind of removes some of the jealousy element because they can articulate when they need me. They can articulate their needs and let me know when they're feeling like they need a little extra support, comfort, or attention. So that jealousy element was removed and they, are, they just melt over her. Oh. It is just the cutest thing ever. But at the same token... They can come and play with her and pay attention to her, and then run upstairs and go and do their own thing. <laughs> well, so that part's really cool.
0: Over um, how long were you trying to get pregnant with number three? Like, over what span of time did the four miscarriages occur?
1: It, they occurred back to back over about an eighteen-month period. Okay. So from two thousand seventeen to two thousand nineteen, I want to say. Okay. Um. Yes, two thousand nineteen. And then my husband and I decided after the last one, I want to say it was like December of 2019, we were about to head into 2020. Um, we just decided that it, we we're going to take a break. I like I felt like I was being too removed from the children because it's, it's all consuming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we were going to discuss in, I want to say we were going to give it a year, I think, and like have a conversation again about whether or not we were going to move forward with trying to go for number three and right like the month before we had planned to have the conversation was when I found out I was pregnant with Carter.
0: Oh, well, you know, it's interesting. The reason I was asking is because I was going to ask if you shared any of the losses with your older children, you know, Oh, mommy, and you daddy know, are trying to get pregnant and um, right. this went wrong. I did not.
1: Thankfully, they were my miscarriages were pretty early on, so I was able to keep that from them. And it's not that I don't think children should know, it's just I know my children, especially my oldest, and that would have been very, very hard for him to handle. Um, so I chose to keep that private when I was going through it. Now, when we were pregnant with Carter, I did discuss it with them. And so they now know what I went through to to have her.
0: Aw, I know it's such a tough. Um, it's just it's such a tough call. You have to think of how your children are. I, I mean, yeah, I waited a very long time to tell my children because it was the my third was my first pregnancy without miscarrying. Um, so I yes. had waited because I. I kind of was just expecting to miscarry, you know, and then it got to the point where like, oh, wait, this is a go. This is happening. And then, you know, but I was nervous to tell them because I didn't want to have to tell them bad news in the end. And especially with my six year old, she's very alert, very, very alert. I would have been getting questions for ages. And then that's introducing, I just think, a, a topic that I'm not ready to do with her you know,
1: it's stress on their shoulders. It's an adult stressor that a child would take on and internalize and not really know how to process. Yeah. And so I had to think very hard about how to frame things. And when we finally did, I did the same thing. We waited a while to tell my kids and I really had to think through how I would frame um, what I would say if something happened and really it came down to, you know, mommy had a baby in her belly and the baby just, it was sick and it just, it couldn't, she couldn't grow it anymore was kind of how I framed it for them.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and everything, and, and I think this is why I, I, I'm enjoying this conversation so much, Jen, is because every topic that we've spoken about, all controversial um, topics, yes. <laughs> you have said the best decision for me, you've acknowledged that everything is, a. Per- you're not judgmental. You're acknowledging that everything is personal choice. Um Right. And, you know, you put out this sincere post announcing why you were no longer going to be a nurse after 12 years on social media. Mm-hmm. What has the outpouring of support or criticism been for you?
1: It's It's been phenomenal, phenomenon, phenomenal <laughs> in terms of the outpouring of support. I've heard from nurses worldwide, people who have already... Um, gone through it, who are getting ready to deal with um, whatever their mandates are. Um, I've heard from just other people supporting my choice. And and kind of the best part is I've had a lot of comments of people who are saying, you know, I made the choice to be vaccinated, but I respect your why. I respect your choice. Um, And I've really, really appreciated that. And obviously I've had my fair share of hate comments and hate mail and all of that, which is a very new experience for me. Um, my Instagram account had very few posts and was, I had maybe 200 followers. And it was private this time last week. Um, and I all of a sudden now have a lot of people following me and commenting on the decisions I've made. And it's
0: been, it's been opening I'm yeah yeah because there are some people who you know well why aren't you vaccinated and they give you these conspiracy theories for the most part uh-huh. I'm like okay but uh-huh. but you're not doing that. you're saying my why no. is very valid and I'm not sure yeah. why it wasn't why a carve out uh, exemption wasn't granted. I mean scripts and to do my journalistic duty right now, this is their response while we cannot discuss specific personal, uh, personnel Matters, we can confirm that Scripps Health is complying with the state of California's COVID vaccine mm-hmm. mandate for healthcare mm-hmm. workers. They go on and they they say um, the CDC and the American College of um, Obstetricians strongly recommend that pregnant and breastfeeding women get vaccinated. So, so that's their statement. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're like, I, I'm a first responder. I worked through COVID. I got COVID. I had... F- Four miscarriages, and I'm mm-hmm. currently breastfeeding a baby who um, has had some issues. So that's my mm-hmm. major why. And if that can't get an exemption, then it's a pretty draconian society that we're dealing with.
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it's pretty rough. I wish it wasn't. And healthcare should never be one size fits all. Um, and so, I wish that it wasn't this way, but it is. And this is a situation that we're dealing with. And that's why I have I've owned up to the choices that I've made. I knew I would be terminated. Um, but I I had to take a stand somewhere. And that was honestly actually why I didn't file for a religious exemption, which I knew had a better shot mm-hmm. at maybe being approved. Was that wasn't my why. It was it was solely because of the breastfeeding component and the baby and everything else that was going on with me and and her.
0: Has um, any other um, medical groups, maybe in other states, reached out to you and said, hey, come work for us? I mean, there's a huge demand for, for health care right now.
1: I've had some wonderful nurses from some various states say, hey, we don't have the same mandate. Come move here and come, come work here, which has been r- really nice. <laughs> and? Um, I, I don't think we are ready to leave sunny California just yet. But I really appreciate the
0: offers. How has school been going for your six and your eight year old? I mean, I'm assuming the masks are on. Um, masks are on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming you haven't vaccinated them. You don't have to tell me if you choose not to.
1: Um, I believe it just there since they're so young. That one just rolled out this week.
0: Yeah, it's new. Yeah. I know in New York City, I think 17,000 between five and 11 year olds got vaccinated between Thursday in New York and over the weekend. It was like a crazy number. But yeah, this is probably the the demographic where it's going to be a little bit slower. Um, What's the culture like in their schools with respect to 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 covid and returning to normal or whatever normal is? So
1: their school has been phenomenal during covid they they opened last year they were organized they were highly communicative Um, they were relatively strict with their their regulations on their covid policies but they they explained their why on it and we had very very few covid cases in the school compared to a lot of other schools in the area and as they felt safe and as new regulations were rolling out, they have been able to loosen up some of the strict regulations. Um, and their big goal is let's let's stay open and let's disrupt the kid's life as little as possible. Is and it pri- they've
0: been wonderful? Private with that. or public school? I'm sorry. Are they private or public school? Private. Private. Yeah, that's why. So my my oldest is in um, public school. It's, it's strict, but. Mm-hmm. They haven't closed school. So, you know, it's kinda like, okay, I, I hate that they're, you know, plexiglasses in front of them. They're they're four right. feet apart. I don't think it's quite six feet. And they're masked. And the, the teacher being masked is the worst part about it because I don't know how you teach when your kids can't hear you or see your mouth. Um well, but anyway. So, yes,
1: young children they yeah. need to see the, the speech, the the mouth moving to understand articulation and how to form
0: their words. And our governor So that part's hard. Governor Murphy just came out and he said we're going to take the masks off in phases. We're going to start with the big kids first. And I just said, please, God, let this be yes. the end of all these adjustments that we're making, because it, it, yeah. it's just nuts.
1: It's nuts. It's definitely impacting a generation. I mean, multiple generations, but this generation growing up in it, it's it's different.
0: My three and a half year old is in a private preschool and um, he 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 needs speech lessons. He, you can't understand him. And he has to wear a mask all day. Well, he's he, mm-hmm. a few hours of the day. and he's he's potty trained and he's really good at it. And a few weeks ago, he came home in the school clothes because he had already peed through his spare set. And, you know, the teacher called me, told me the situation. And she was, honestly, She said, I think he was trying to tell me that he had to go to the bathroom, but I can't hear them because they're in the masks. And that was just that that just broke my heart. I went out and I bought him something because I'm like, you never have to feel bad about, you know, dirtying yourself or just it was just so sad to me. Poor sweet boy. I know. I know. And I felt bad for the teacher, too, because she's like, look, this is our fault and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Times we live in. Jen, thank you so much yeah. for moming with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thank you. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very
1: latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.